Is it time for a new heating and cooling system? Turn to the experts at Griffith Energy Services and Carrier today and get 0% financing for 18 months on a new heating and cooling system. Get the comfort you deserve from Griffith Energy Services and Carrier. Visit GriffithEnergyServices.com today for this and other exclusive offers. That's GriffithEnergyServices.com. License number MDHVACR01-2278. Griffith Energy Services. Doggone dependable. So this is the episode three from The Reality Is, where filtering becomes extinct. And on this week throughout the show, you'll hear about us talking about how we had technical difficulties. And myself, I apologized about three or four times. So first off, I want to thank everybody for listening in. I want to thank everybody for, you know, just kind of sticking with us uh, throughout this show while we've had difficult times. I want to thank Gary Green, uh, Michelle Williams, and Christian Evans. Uh, Michelle Williams was our special guest this week. Um, so I just wanted to thank her for uh, coming in and giving her, giving us some thought from the woman's perspective. When the video or the audio starts, that will be the first voice that you will hear. And we're talking about things about relationships, um, homosexuality, Valentine's Day. And we have a sexy voice competition at the end that is very funny that you don't want to miss. So again, you're listening to The Reality Is with UTA Radio. And hey, fight through the technical difficulties. If you don't want to hear the music or the profane language, please fast forward because it is some in there because you are getting the insight behind what you hear on the radio. If you do want to see the video, you can go to the reality is that's T H A reality is.com. Again, thank you for everyone who is listening. And if you have any questions in reference to the show or you want us to get back at you, you can hit us up with all your inquiries at info at the reality is.com. Wanting to be married or wanting to, you know, whatever you think your next stage is, I think that you know, as a so a relationship should be a partnership. So if I'm in a relationship with you, we should have talked about our mutual goals. You should know how I feel about this. You know, I should know how you feel about this. Yeah. So if there comes a time where there's consternation or there's disagreement, to me, that's more of a lack of communication yeah. than it is necessarily. I'm over here fuming silently <laughs> because we're not married. Yeah. If if a man is in love with you and you've been together for three years and he has not proposed, there there's probably a reason why. Yeah. So I think that you need to get down to, you know, is he, does he just feel like he's not ready? Is yeah. that not even a goal of his, right? You know, yeah. I have a, home, a really good homegirl. She's been dating this guy since she was 21. She just turned 30. And, um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a lifetime. Yeah. <laughs> but she said that uh, he told her that he would not propose to her until he turned 30, that he wanted to get, you know, all his ducks in a row. He wanted to finish grad school. He wanted to buy a house. He wanted to do all of these things in his 20s. Wild out a little bit in his 20s, and then in his 30s, he would propose to her. He's 30 now, right? Two weeks after he turned 30. He proposed? He proposed to her. Hey, well, that's and a man of his word. That is a man yeah. of his word. So, so I mean, I think it, you know, if you have those, and she was willing to wait because she understood, like, right. there was an end goal. It wasn't like she was just walking blindly to this, you know. Yeah ambiguous abyss and i think that's i think that's a really good example of someone who because i think part of the problem with this culture is and something that anthony alluded to is the, the pressure that there is to get married mm-hmm. and the, the pressure that we are we are made to feel that certain by this point in life you should have this and like you were saying earlier like now nowadays people women over 30 are just thought to be just spoiled milk you know if you ain't had kids by this then your kids are going to be at risk no, they call nothing. them old maids <laughs> <laughs> right, oh, cat ladies or whatever, but but I think this culture, put, this culture, this culture make it trains 
young women yeah. to aspire to marriage. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Now it's changing. I don't know so much, bro. It's changing. I want to challenge you on that. Okay, well, I what feel like I this culture, it, it single ladies, right? Like that's all you hear from female artists. I think every show you see, you, there's a show called Single Ladies. Mm -hmm. Like it's all, even the shows like Basketball Wives, why, you know, Housewives of Atlanta. Mess. None of the women are married. Crap. But they're right? but they're aspiring. But to that's be what married. I'm saying. Are like, a lot of women are really, 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 really married. They're aspiring they're, well, to be they're, seen. They're aspiring to be linked. Yeah, yeah I mean, come <laughs> on. I'm just saying. I don't think society I, is I really pressuring to get married. I think you are speaking to the fact that it's changing. But at the same yeah. time, Chris, I mean, you still hear. And and I, I wish I wish you could we could do like a survey of young girls or you know yeah. teenagers or something yeah. like that. You they still grow up with this ideal. That by this time I should be married. I want to have kids. Blah blah blah. Like a Beyonce song, man. But it's true. It's true. And the guy that you were just speaking to, Michelle, that 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 knew that you know he needed to get some stuff out of his system. I respect that. Yeah. Because it'd be a lot better than him giving into the pressure early on, getting married, and still needing to while out. Yeah. Don't get into that pressure, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think the pressure. It's the conversational pressure. So, like, what you're talking about, Chris, is different than what women get at home, right? So, you know, you see what's on TV, you see what's on the media, but if I go home to Gainesville, Texas, and I sit in my granny's living room, she's going to ask me, Michelle. When, when you get married, baby? baby? That's true. All I know right, you know, I know some men down there in Dallas. Uh -huh. You can't find nobody? <laughs> That's a completely different type of pressure than what, you know, what you hear and see on the media. Yeah, yeah. Well, we... Uh, Hey, we get pressured too as men. <laughs> no, we, we do. We by do. who? And I think. But about like, what do you mean by? Well, I like think by the girls. I'm saying by my family, right? Look, oh yeah, you get the question. It's all surrounded by wanted grandchildren, yeah. right? It's right. like right. Uh, my grand, or my parents, they want grandchildren. Other people in my family, it seems like everybody else around us has some kids. So why do you need me? Yeah. To go out? <laughs> right. I, I mean, I could, I could do it. Right. Yeah, physiologically, I could, I could go and do it. But no, yeah. But it's like the pressure for a man. I, I don't know if it's as strong as a woman, just because I think there's a timeline with women. But for, I do think there's some pressure for us too. I agree, and I mean, for even from my perspective, you know, uh, when I was, you know, getting involved with the ministry and stuff in my early twenties. Um, there was that pressure for me, yeah. you know, as a as a man of quote unquote a man of the cloth. Yeah. That you know, there are certain things <laughs> that. Man of the book. There are certain things that that there are certain kinds of pressures that come from that from that spe aspect too. So I Absolutely. agree with you. I agree with you. I don't think it starts for for boys like it does for girls early on, but at the same time, I mean, men do get pressure from their mate from. You know, whatever circle they're running in, there's different kinds of social pressures, man. And sometimes you can give into it, and it can create problems. So, so tying into this topic, um, Lanisha from Kansas also asks: Is it true? And we've kind of already dived into it, but is it true that a man likes to be stable financially and career-wise before seeking out marriage? And if so, why? And with that being tied in, do we kind of believe in the references that Steve Harvey put out or are those references that Steve Harvey make about men needing to be financially ready before getting married? Um, is that something that we really think about? Now, we've been having some technical difficulties, but I have some soundbite from, um, if it plays, uh, Derek from Texacana. So we're going to see if we can get this working and uh, give us one moment. Going on. Some of the sound bites are playing on the sound cloud. 
Well, I don't think um, we're, we're going to have to try and work on the technical difficulties, but we'll go ahead and answer it from our perspective. Um, I feel like me personally, I can answer for myself. I do feel like financially, you know, I feel like I need financial stability before, not to be funny, not, I mean, to even date a certain type of woman. Um, definitely just before I get, you know, want to get married or, or start a life um, with someone to where, you know, kids are involved. I never would want to have a wife that I can't support or to have kids. And, you know, a lot of people be like, oh, you know, I would work, you know, my fingers to the bone. And if I had to wear like T-shirt and jeans, that's what would happen. But who really wants to live that lifestyle? So for me, I would have to say, yes, I would need to be financially stable. Um, and, and that kind of ties in. It doesn't always mean a career, but at least a decent job to support my family. Because a lot, I mean, one of the top three, top three things that people get divorced for is financial issues. You know, whether they're struggling and a lot of women like to keep up a certain appearance, unfortunately. You know, I don't know how you feel about that. But, you know, it, it's one of those things where it's like keeping up with the Joneses, especially if you're living in a, a certain type of neighborhood, you know? Let me ask this. I'm going to throw this question out and hopefully it'll be a little monkey wrench. What, what if you were marrying Oprah? If I was marrying Oprah? Would you still feel, as a man, and this gets into <laughs> kind of gender, gender thing, but would you still feel that you need to, if y'all had an understanding where, you know what I'm saying, where the money is not an issue. Yeah, we're financially stable. Right. Y'all are definitely financially stable. But as <laughs> a man, would you still the feel... The answer is yes. Would, you would still feel that you need to be, you know, making, make, have a good, sta stable, you know, e I will marry Oprah today. <laughs> but seriously, seriously, does that change your answer when it when you when you think about the because Steve Harvey's comments, first of all, Steve Harvey is pretty conservative. Yeah. His comments come out of the assumption that men should be uh the, the breadwinner, bread should be the one that's out working and all that kind of stuff. I think from that perspective, man, Oprah's a billionaire, right? It don't matter unless I go find the next Facebook or whatever, I'm not gonna compete with that. So at that point, you just gotta, you kind of gotta put your pride to the side, and just have your own hustle, so you could still feel some masculinity. I think you could still have your own thing, but I mean, how financially stable are you gonna be to where you can be on Oprah's playing field, unless you're, you know, making millions? I don't, I don't know. Oh, you know, Oprah. I'm not sure that's a fair. Uh, I don't know if that's fair, but maybe a doctor or somebody right. that right. is an executive for some company, right. okay, maybe you're, you're like, it can be a little intimidating as a man if you have a woman that's out earning you, I think, when you're in a dating situation. Right. But, I mean, at the end of the day, we talked about it, I think, the first week. It's all about the confidence you have as a man. And if you are working hard, I mean, what, what else are you going to do? If you're working hard, you're going to work, you know, you're trying to make yourself better, I mean, at the end of the day, if a woman is just highly professional, there's nothing you can do about that, you know. Right. So I look at uh, financial stability, I guess, a little bit different. I don't really look at it as, as a, a price point, you know, like you have to be making this amount of money. I look at it more, what are your goals? You know, 10 years down the line, where do you see yourself, and are you actually working towards those things? Because I'm a single mom, and I'm not going to choose to be put back in poverty because I link up with a guy who has no... Uh, financial acumen, <laughs> if you will, right, yeah. you know, um, so, so I guess I look at it a little bit differently. I don't necessarily think that there's a, you know, number that a guy has to be for me to date him, but I definitely do think that you need to have some type of, you know, goals that you're actively working towards 
to let me know that, you know, if we enter into this partnership together, you're not just going to take what we have and right. go to Vegas and, right. you know, make Lower. rain on the... <laughs> <laughs> Craps, that's the game. <laughs> Craps. Right, right. All right, so... Um, Got to throw in, um, give a shout out to UTA and Professor, Professor Lance Ligas for giving me the opportunity to have this, uh, the Reality Is show again um, here this fall. So I want to let you guys know UTA Radio is an iHeart radio station. Now our music can travel with you on the phone or the laptop wherever you are and download the iHeart radio app and look for UTA Radio in the college tab. We're online all the time. Also want to stay up to date with all your Maverick sports. UTA Radio has you covered with everything from men's basketball and baseball, women's basketball and softball, and we broadcast live when the Mavericks are at home. So giving you all the play-by-play of your favorite sports, UTA Radio is the online source for all of your UTA Maverick sports. UTA Radio online all the time. And we're going to jump into some music. Hopefully you guys can hear that, um, hear this music. But uh, sorry about the technical difficulties today, but we're going to play Kendrick Lamar. Nobody went to it, this is going back as best part. Baby, don't worry, you know that you got me. Fuji! Man, you can't tell me you don't like Drake. The dude in the lunchroom. I ain't going to call your name, bro. But you said Drake ain't good. I just, I just gave you seven songs, man. Like OBO Jody say, for goodness sakes. For goodness sakes. <laughs> We back, man. We back. So now we got the technical difficulties out the way. Um, the last conversation we were having was in reference to, is it true that men like the state to be stable, financially stable and career-wise before seeking out marriage? And Derek from Texacana had this to say in reference, um, in reference to that. I think that a man financially stable before he takes a man or he's even married me and my nature, we're providers. You know, it gives us a place in the relationship to provide for not only ourselves, but our family and our children. It's not recording, though, bro. I think a lot of marriages are hard enough without even thinking about the aspect of money. So if you have a man who's financially stable and he meets a mate who's financially stable, they can come together and that makes that marriage just one less thing they have to worry about. There's so much other stuff to, to worry about and think about when you're marrying someone and then not thinking about one thing such well, as money which is a big thing but me too, makes wanna, that marriage wanna, just that much more successful in the long time. run I think any man would have to res- would have a better respect for themselves before they can actually be in a good committed relationship if they're able to provide and feel like they're actually bringing something to the table I mean like the old saying goes, if you can't bring anything to the table, then you don't get to eat. Every every to while I like to go vintage, it's your little hair. I like a little hair sometimes. I got to jump on there. <laughs> he about to start up again. Derek also had this to say. He did us any kind of disservice. I mean, we're simple. We're simple creatures. Men are simple creatures. That we are. You know, they always say, you feed us, you take care of us in the bedroom, and you hold us down. That, that's all we really need. Oh, well, it's nice if you can cook as well. That, that, that makes it easier. Oh, we took he didn't do anything years. or give you any new insight that made Come on, man. You know, like some, like some big revelation, some light bulb go off, you know, across every woman's man. head. Like, man, that's I didn't know that before uh, I read this book. You said it's a lot of pressure. You know, saying, you know like, what makes you gotta math hold it down like that? Like, hard. You better be bringing it for people trying to this, this situation You want all that? It, we're, we're not that I'm just hard to figure out. 
Now, do we have a, a range of emotions and a lot of things that sometimes that you have to get through to really understand us? Yes, that's true. But to really keep us happy and satisfied, <laughs> no, it doesn't take much. If a woman just pays attention to who we are and what we're about, the same thing that they ask from us, the relationships, the relationship itself succeeds. It's not hard. Two plus two is four in any language. It all equals the same thing. So we're going to give, you know, we, we were kind of talking during the, the break and, and while Derek was speaking and I mean, I think we kind of, we, we agreed to disagree on certain aspects, and I, I'll let Gary uh, step in on this. Yeah, I apologize. Like, yeah, I so got to fire him. Listen, <laughs> fire me. He made a couple good points. However, two things I have a problem with. One, by nature, men are simple. Two, um, wait, one, by nature, we are providers. Two, we're simple. Uh, first of all, <clears throat> we are constructed to be providers. We are taught by this culture that we're supposed to be providers so that when you have a man who at any given point in time in a relationship is not the provider, it emasculates him. Um, whereas you have people in a relationship, and he talked about how you know it should be give and take and how both people can have a career, both people have a profession, and so it's a partnership. Yeah. Michelle lifted that up earlier. A relationship should be a partnership, not this person's a provider, this person is not, or a nurturer, or whatever these kinds of prescribed norms should be. The reality is relationships go through their own evolution. Mm -hmm. So at one point in time, when you know, say in year two, the man might very well be the provider. Let's say in year four he gets lost, he loses his job and the wife is the primary breadwinner. Well, then at that point in time she's the provider. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I think, and that connects to the fact that he that that he tried to say that we are simple creatures. First of all, men and women are very complex creatures. He even spoke to the fact that we have a range of emotions that 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 go this way this day and go that way another day. We are so complex through and through that you can't really, it doesn't logically make sense to say that we are simple. You know what I'm saying? And so I say that to say, even myself as an example, right now I'm doing my PhD, right? And I'm doing something good and I'm and I, the upside to what, you know, the earning potential, so to speak, of what I'm doing right now is there. However, right now, my wife is the provider. You know what I'm saying? And she's supporting me primarily, I mean, I'm working, but I'm doing part-time work, not enough to live on, yes. because you can't do that and do a PhD. A you know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely it does. So does that mean that you dress up in a French-made outfit for Valentine's Day? <laughs> <laughs> no, it does not, my brother. But but, but here's my point. When, when, we, when we impose prescribed, prescri you know, prescribed norms on situations like that, then when you find yourself in a relationship that at a given point in time it doesn't fit that, then you have some kind of, you feel a certain type of way when you really shouldn't. You know what yeah. I'm saying? If we were more realistic about the fact that men are not simple, that women are not simple, so that men have the capacity to be both providers and nurturers when they have children, when the wife might be doing something, you know what I'm saying? And women have the capacity to be both nurturers and providers and protectors and all of that. It just depends on where the relationship is. It's a pragmatic part of it. It's a pragmatic reality of relationship. Right, and bro, I agree with you 100%. And what I heard, I think he had some great points, like if a guy respects himself, really I think that's the foundation of leading, you know, a family, because 
I think no matter what the financial situation, to a certain point, a man should have some type of leadership role right. within the family while the woman is also a leader. But, you know, but my thing is, he said, you know, both people find out. I think when we get too focused on financial stability or making a lot yeah. of money, yeah. I think people think, okay, if you don't make a lot of money, you're going to have a bad relationship. But finances is finances. It doesn't matter if you're making $10 million a year or, you know, $35,000 a year. Right. Uh, I lived in Hermosa Beach, California. That's like uh, right outside of L.A. Some of the most rich people in America live there, and it seems like no matter who it is, at about 43 years old, you get you get divorced. Right. Right. And one of the biggest causes of, the, of those divorces is finances. Right. You're like, how can you be making, you know, millions of dollars, but finances still come up? Yeah. And it's one of those things where, you know, really, I mean, the more money that you come into contact with, a lot more problems come up because then you say, well, I made this much, you made that much, I have a private, you know, bank account here, I fly here, you know, I have a side piece there. Right. And it's like the more money, the more options you have. Right. And a lot of times that causes these relationships and these marriages to go into disarray and, you know, uh, dysfunction and stuff like that. So sometimes more money does not mean better marriage. Right. All right. Well, we're going to jump back into some music. Again, you're listening to The Reality Is here on UTA Radio. How your heart just has a mind of its own. Is this a gospel song? For the ladies out there, happy Valentine's Day. You want to say, if y'all want to say something, let me know, and I'll just turn it on in between. Like, you want to be like Monica, whatever, whatever. Well, the funny thing about this heart of mine I think we should put this question under that one. Which one? So this one, do you think that would be a better flow right after this one? Since we start, we get into sex here. Yeah, look at this, yeah. What do you think? Yeah, it's fine, because a lot of my, like I said, I didn't really get to look at this one either. This one right here, right? Yeah, important. Because then we talk about, you know, abstaining. And that's, and I have two, two perspectives. And some of it we may not reach there, and if we don't, we can roll it in the next week. Yeah. But I think we may. I'm interested to hear this one. Which one is that? He has two homosexuals that actually address it. And I, I, I wanted to do that after we had that talk. Huh? Oh, know, really? After we had that talk on Monday, I mean Sunday with your mom. Oh, I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because I was like, it, and it kind of gives, like they both kind of talk about the homosexuality part from that, from those perspectives you were talking about. They were, they were you know, they basically talked about how it's, it's really not a choice if it's who you are. Right. Which is what you were trying to say, and your mom was like, it was more of a choice. And then they kind of talked about that as well. I just think, yeah, we can get it. Yeah. Man, we got so, we got so much so much here, man. That, <laughs> yeah. Is there another pin somewhere? Hey, you can use that one, man. I'll just, I'll just be scratching it off when I go no, to make need, sure. I need to take some notes, too. I'll just use one. Is my backpack in here? Yeah. I never even heard of Luke James. You have? No. He's sleeping, bro. Yeah, he's right there. All right, man. I'm, well, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm not really big in the music scene. I'm all about commercial uh, music. Uh, I listen to Drake and Kanye. And, <laughs> yeah. We're about to get you out of that. My underground get stuff some, isn't, isn't some, what it used to be. Get some uh, some dead prayers on this thing. Man, I ain't trying to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't 1992. Yeah, the dead prayers used to be, they used to be preaching in their songs. Oh, no, I do. Oh, yeah. NWA was hot. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, after listening to some of that music, you want to become a, a, a gangster. 
No, you want to, or either that or you want to walk yeah, into a boardroom and just start Don't kicking slapping motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> just start slapping them, dog. I'll be wanting to shoot people after I listen to that. <laughs> This is good. This is very good. Yeah. This is good, bro. And it's like it's 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 R and B that's actually like Meaning. loving towards a woman. Yeah, that's why, that's why I'm playing it. Instead of saying sleep with me and let me wet your face up. That doesn't make any sense. But that is where R and B is. Yeah. We should yeah. talk about that next week. We talk about week. music. Let's do all things music. You say hip hop. All things music. Let's right, see. Talk about best rapper. Yeah, that'll be fun. The message. And you say what else? Write that other one you say down about R and B. Objectification. Yeah, say misogyny and all that stuff. What's up? Now don't I don't even know how to spell it. <laughs> you all looking at me right now. <laughs> you, should, you shouldn't even say that. You should just act like you act knew. Like I, was, I, was, I was just thinking or like, just put like misogyny. Like. <laughs> all right. Uh, versus love, uplifting. I don't know other nice words. Cause that's what everybody talks about now with the music is that it's just talking about killing niggas and having bees and it's crazy. Like, and what does that do to the minds of young boys that are listening to it? You know, yeah, I mean, but that's what I mean. Cause you have artists that rap about other things. You do, but they're not but, the ones getting but the, but sometimes. Like, J. Cole's album is one that's like, it was good music, and it had a message. A lot of times, right, right. the message is not the best music. Right. Or maybe that's what they make us think. Because yeah, I think that's what's... Because there's a lot of great... I mean, Luke James, it's a good song. Yeah, it's, good it's a great artists. song. They're but just the, not commercial. Part of the problem is, is that they don't... <laughs> You like you said, it's not commercial. Like the people that own these record labels, the people who really own them, right. make the decision they, on what's going to be played and they on the, the radio. Messaging. Right. Exactly. Michael Eric Dyson said something that was so rich. He was like, "White men, white corporate men who own these are not going to play songs that challenge their own white patriarchy. They're not going to play on the radio. They're going to put they're going to put songs on the radio where niggas talking about killing niggas, fucking bitches. But they but they let but they let country music and those guys they let them put that content out and even when they might get a little mis misogynistic it's not so vulgar and vile and like i mean some of these songs look and i'm a nasty guy by nature but i mean i mean some of these songs is like bro really yeah <laughs> really it's bad like they talk about a rape culture in hip-hop and like it's oh, hard gosh. to even fathom that that is but if you think about the songs that have been made like Rick Ross got so much backlash when he was talking about putting Molly's. Yeah, she face. ain't know it. <laughs> like dog. Slob. I mean, slob on my knob. But it's like some corn on the cob. <laughs> there's some. I mean, there's some really nasty songs out there. Yeah, like, yeah very much so. It's I bad. Mean, yeah. I, I mean, I listen to but it, it, and it has a good ideas, beat. Yeah, it's got a beat, so you like R. Kelly. Oh, ideas. Oh, and now I'll talk yeah. about that next week. R. Kelly. Yeah. R. Kelly my whole sexual salad in the kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> but like, you formed your sexual nature based on R. Kelly's music. If you came up. At that's a certain true. time. Yeah, that's true. Because you were like, I didn't even know that existed. 
All right, and that, that music right there was for the ladies. You know, we wanted to find something that was not objectifying. So Appreciate you. Yeah, Thanks, not, not a problem. Anytime. <laughs> we didn't want no Trey songs, man. You know, we didn't want to talk about, you know, the, just the sexual part of it. We wanted to talk about actually meeting a woman for more than mm, just sex. Say that again. So we want to talk about the next topic, which is how important is it to keep your relationship business in-house? And I thought about this one because I know a lot of people, close friends, friends afar, television, <laughs> where everybody, you know, like when they get into it with their significant other or, their, you know, if they're married, they bring everybody else into that situation. You know, they get to telling everybody and you, you're going to get like a million perspectives. If you're talking to family, they're going to be on your side automatically for the right. most part. Mm -hmm. If you talk to your boys, especially if it's like, you know, like us, we may. I think all of us will probably try to listen to both sides of the story, especially you, Gary. But, <laughs> especially Gary. Especially yeah. Gary. But I think we would all try to listen to both sides and then give the best, you know, you know, the best advice. Mm -hmm. But I know for me, I've had a situation where I've had a friend, and it's like he's just like, you know, I'm done. I'm never going back. You know, she did this, 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 and this, and that. And she, you know, he's saying all the negative things about her. And in my mind, I'm like, you know, don't go back. That's cool. That's crazy. You shouldn't mm -hmm. go back. But at the same time, you're forming a different, you're giving me a different perspective yes, of this person now. Because yes. I didn't know these things about this person. Right. Mm -hmm. And if you decide to go back, first of all, I'm going to be like, this sucker. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then I'm not going to really want to be around you. Right. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because you've, you've changed my perception of this person. Right. So if you're going to go back, or if you want to talk to your friends, that's fine. But it's like, be realistic. Yeah. And you know, if you're, gonna, if, mm -hmm. if you're saying it out of anger now, just say, you know what, I'm venting, I, you know, yeah. some of this stuff is true, some of this stuff I'm just pissed off, but I still mm -hmm. love her, whatever the case may be. Women too, because especially mm -hmm. women. But it just really bothers me when it's like a guy that's running around, you know what I'm saying, acting like a girl, and then they end up going back. Yeah. Like, you need to keep that in-house, and that, that's just my perspective on it. Man, that's a good point, man. I, I think I think you're right, because when you put stuff out there, I had a, a one of my old buddies... He's married, and he called me hot one day, man. Man, I'm leaving her. I'm divorcing her, blah, 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 blah. And then he, he went back. And as a married man, I understand. <laughs> like, I understand how he was feeling, but at the same time, it's problematic, man, depending on who you shared in. But I think that's what you lifted up. We need friends yeah. that we can talk to about certain things, people that know us well enough to know when we're venting and when we're we're seeking some they counsel. Can, they can keep objectivity. Too. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Like, they might be close to us, but at the same time, they may want to be fair and be like, man, you tripping. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And I need people in my life that are going to do that. Um, but, yeah, I, you can't share everything with everybody. Right, and, the, and I think the problem with where we're at these days is the advent of social media mm -hmm. allows you to get everybody and their mama literally in your business. Tweet. So you see, like, people on Facebook, right? You'll, they'll give these... I don't know, pages long. Uh, Nobody's that, no, I mean, that, but either way, complaining about their relationship situation, it's like, really? If I see a comment that in the in the little blue box at the bottom and say, continue reading, I'm not reading. <laughs> but, okay, maybe, maybe it's not that, maybe it's a paragraph. Mm -hmm. But either way, if you're sharing, like, your relationship issues on Facebook, then it's like you get uh, really the most nosy people in the world into your business. Yep. And then, when they, like you said, when you get back with them, or whatever circumstance might change, then, you know, you're going to get judged accordingly based on what you put out there. So. Yeah. It's, and it's just not healthy. Like, what is your what is the end goal here? If I'm putting everything that, that frustrates me on Facebook or social media, what do I think that I'm going to gain? Is it going to heal my relationship? Right. You know, they're looking no. for girls to come back and say, girl, you right, you sure right, man, tell the truth. I mean, but I think that I think that in and of itself, it speaks a lot to the maturity of the person. Yes, it does. You know what so I'm saying? True. Like, 
I think that everyone needs a safe place to be broken. Right. You need a safe place that you can go when I'm hurt or when I'm Outside whatever. Church. Yeah. <laughs> you need, I mean, you know what I'm saying? You just church need a safe place where you can go to, you know, people who are going to speak life into you. Yeah. Um, like Gary said earlier, people who are going to be objective and be wise and be able to speak, you know. But to just be out there just sharing everything, that's, that's just ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of my really good friends told me, he said, look, bro, he, he, he had just recently got married. And he was like, I had to learn this. Every time you speak of your significant other to somebody else, especially if you don't know them that well, mm-hmm. it has to be positive. Even if you're upset with them, it has to be positive because you don't want outside forces framing mm-hmm. views of your relationship. And then they're, you know, they're coming at you sideways, especially if it's other, you know, you have female friends and you're talking about, you know, your relationship. They're coming at you sideways. Because they may have, you know, ulterior motives. And from a female's perspective, men always have an ulterior motive. I so you I mean. Disagree. Well, okay, not always. <laughs> but even when, you know, that's that's up Quite for debate. Times. Quite a few times. <laughs> even if it's not acted upon, I mean, we, we could leave that to another show, but. Um, <laughs> I disagree. I think it's equal. I think just as many, you know, guys always say that girls can't have guy friends because the dude's trying to. I think it's just, I think it's the same way on the opposite end. Well, you said it, not me, so that makes sense. <laughs> no, seriously, like it's a, it's not. I have amazing guy friends that are completely platonic, so I disagree with that statement. I will say I have a lot of female friends that's completely platonic, but at the end of the day, you're still a man, and it's like if there's at least a little bit of physical attraction, it's it's just gonna be there. I mean, you know, you don't have to act upon it, but I mean. But you act like women don't think the same way. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I don't act exactly. like that. I'm just saying I know I can only speak <laughs> exactly. from what I know. That's the thing. I mean, men, women are sexual too, and think about sex. I think just as much as we do, anyway. So, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> we'll get into that later. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the next uh, topic that I want to address they should. that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> They do. Believe me, they do. Oh. <laughs> it's getting hot in here. Man. Yeah. So uh, me and Christian, we had a conversation on uh, Sunday. Uh, we went out to brunch, and we were just catching up about what we wanted to talk about on this week's show. And we talked about homosexuality, and we talked about it from the, the, the perspective of it being a choice, uh, meaning, you know, after a certain age or after just trying, you know, different things in life that you choose to be gay. Um, as a lifestyle, or is it more so like, um, what's the word that I'm trying to look for? Uh, if it, it, or is it like a, in your DNA? Right. Is it just a part of your genes? It's it's who you're meant to be at five years old. You 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 know walk in your mom's shoes, or you you know you want to watch soap operas with her, or just go places that soaps. you know guys you know just normally don't go. And and is it because maybe your father's not around, or you know, and and what it is? And we had a couple of different perspectives on it. I'm, I'm hoping it's in line. We've been having technical difficulties, as you heard me say, about four times today. But we're going to reach out. And uh, I reached out to uh, Brandon from Dallas, and um, he had this to say in reference to his perspective on being a, a, a homosexual. And I want to thank you for everybody who has participated in an interview this week. Thank you. I think for me, being homosexual definitely is predestined. This is, you the definition for me of predestined means you may not start there but ultimately you will end up there because that's where you're supposed to be just sitting here thinking about different experiences that i've had in my life i remember being in elementary school and having a friend um every year we went to this camp 
And this specific year, he had a really bad asthma attack and ended up in the ambulance. I remember sitting outside the ambulance crying because um, he had had this really bad asthma attack. And thinking back on it, I, that was the first time that I actually had feelings stronger than just friend for another male. Um, after that, I didn't have any really feelings towards any other males. I do remember in junior high school hearing different things about different males and fantasizing about that or thinking about it in depth, but never acting on anything. Um, junior high school, I had crushes on different girls and moving forward to high school, I actually had girlfriends. But I remember never really feeling any type of way as far as sexually or intimately with those girls. I never acted on anything or even talked to another male until I was out of high school. I mean, my freshman year in college is when I actually acting, acted on feelings that I had for the opposite sex. <clears throat> but definitely predestined, I mean, Same to me, if you say that it's a choice, that means that you can stop doing it at any time. And I don't think feelings for the opposite sex go away you know, just go away like that. I mean, once you decide to go down that path, then... I was trying to put the music that, like, related to what they're talking about. You will always, always have those feelings. This is true, I'm not but good at all. So we can jump back in and then I'll put it back. But I still need love, cause I'm just a man. These nights never seem to go to me. All right, again, I want to say thanks to Brandon and everyone else who uh, who allowed themselves to, to actually open up and uh, speak about their personal experiences with, with the situation. Um, one thing I can say about the homosexuality uh, part, I, coming from the country, I used to have a, a different perspective. Actually, I'm going to be honest, I didn't respect gays. I didn't respect homosexuality, I thought. You know, being raised in the church I was raised in, it was like, it was it was a sin, hands down, whatever the case may be. But then as I, I moved here, I dated a couple of girls who, you know, had guys that were gay for friends. And as I actually got to know them, you know, more so with the person that I date now, and, and she kind of expanded my mind as well as they did. And I, I remember sitting down talking to them, and, and it, it kind of blew me away because I was like, when did you know? And I know I've heard they knew in high school and they didn't come out because of, you know, how ruthless high school can be. Some of them knew when they were like nine years old, five years old, you know what I'm saying? So, and then I had a situation personally with my uncle, you know, and this is a guy, he was chief petty officer in the Navy and he did modeling and bodybuilding. And every time he came home for the summer, he had a different woman, white, black, eight, beautiful. And I never forget him calling me when I was 13 and he was saying that, uh, he was like, you know, I'm not coming home. And I was like, why? And, you know, he was like, well, um, you may not understand, but I have HIV. And I was like, it blew me away. Mm -hmm. And I was, you know, I'm 13. I'm like, how did you get HIV? Like, I thought, you know, I'm thinking women because he slept with so many. And he was like, I've been with so many women. I had done so many things. And I went to a party. He lived in California. And he was like, somebody introduced me to something different. And I tried it. I said that story to say this. I had respect or open mind at that point, but I said it to say, my uncle made a choice. Some people say you sleep with a guy one time, you're gay. I do believe that. That's just me. But 
it wasn't his life. I, I don't. I wasn't aware, and anyone else in my family wasn't aware of him being gay throughout college or whatever the case may be. He was always the alpha male. But I feel like from that perspective and hearing that story with this conversation, I feel like he made a choice that night. He said he was introduced to it. He tried something new, and you know whatever the case may be. So. I feel like it is a choice. I feel like it is something that could be a gene thing. I know Gary, you had something to say about it in reference to it, and I mean, but that was my perspective in reference to all of this. I think that um, regardless of where you stand, I think it's a very arrogant thing for us to try to define somebody for the for themselves. You know, yeah. um, even if you believe that homosexuality <clears throat> is a sin, we don't we don't address any other any other thing biblically the way that we do homosexuality we don't we don't attack any other if you want to talk about things that are destroying the sanctity of marriage let's talk about divorce you know what i'm saying let's talk about adultery let's talk about things that actually break up a marriage we but we don't attack those things the same way that we attack homosexuality and so it, it it always perplexes me when we have these types of conversations to like to think like why are we so obsessed Right. <laughs> like, why are we so obsessed with, with, with homosexuality? But that was that's just my my right. two cents. Um, for me, uh, the the whole debate came. My mom was in town, and we were having a discussion on homosexuality. And you know, I think people are very rooted in their beliefs about it, and it becomes very passionate. Like you said, like why are we putting so much energy in something mm-hmm. uh, that I, I mean, a lot of times. I mean, biblically, it wasn't there wasn't that much energy put into homosexuality, like especially in the, the New Testament. But whatever, uh, I'll let Gary speak from it. But but for me, I just don't like to speak on things that I don't understand and that I don't know. I'm not a homosexual. Homo, homosexual. I've never had those feelings towards a man. Um, so it's like I can't speak on to what causes that. Uh, I mean, I totally believe that. It's probably something physiologically that you're that that you're just more you have a predisposition to or, or or whatever. But at the end of the day, I don't understand it. So for me, I don't I don't think it's fair for me to go in and judge this person and say you are gay and I can pray it out of you, or you are gay and it's just a phase, or you made a choice. Yeah. Uh, because people say it's environmental. I really don't think society and the environment. Especially, like you said, high school. It, that's, that's the worst place to be gay, probably, is in high school. And why would somebody want to feel that way? I, I've known people that literally, literally were suicidal because they had right. these gay feelings. Right. And they, they didn't want to feel that way, but that's just how they felt. Right. Why, I mean, why, why would, would they want to feel that? Why would they choose yeah. that? Yeah. So for me, <clears throat> I come from that perspective that if I don't understand it, and if I haven't researched it, and I don't totally understand everything that goes into it from a from a physiological, psychological, you know, biological standpoint, then I really don't think I can make the judgment to say that you can choose this over that. I want to I want to come at it from a specifically uh, theological and uh, biblical perspective because this is one of the things that frankly pisses me off about the black church and about Christian um, traditional Christian theology more broadly in this country. Um, you, we need to stop using the Bible to condemn homosexual, okay? 
And people people who read the Bible, people who feel a certain type of way about it, it's like, okay, but it's in there. It's in Sodom and Gomorrah. It's in this text. It's in that text. Let me stop you there because just like I said the last week when we were talking about the Bible and religion, I talked about how we need to take a step back and understand that this is, this is a document that was written to a specific people with specific concerns in a specific culture, in right? Time. Exactly, in time. And so it's contextually situated, but it's also contextually limited that we have to understand it contextually before we can understand what it means for us today, okay? So the term homosexual wasn't created with the current meaning as an orientation until 1892. So, so in, in ancient Near East times, when the Bible, you know, when per persons had this kind of activity with themselves and with God, certainly the practice was there, but it didn't have the same kind of meaning. It wasn't about an attraction or an orientation. It was about, it was about subduing another or it was about, you know, overpowering someone else, right? It was said to be unnatural. Um, Sodom and Gomorrah is used to talk about how God hates homosexuality. But Sodom and Gomorrah was not about homosexuality because if you go back to Genesis 6, right before God talks about Noah and Noah's Ark and destroying the world, the reason was was because you had the, what was called the Nephilim. I don't know if anybody has ever read about the Nephilim in Scripture because it's a mystery. But basically, this was the offspring of like angels having sex with human beings, yeah. right? Mm. And so, and, and if you that look at that... like a great situation. <laughs> they have female yeah, angels? Some sex yeah. might be angelic, but well, no. <laughs> but, Heavenly. Okay, so in that text, it talks about how, how upset God was with the wickedness of humanity because, okay. because you had basically this human-divine interaction where the lines were becoming blurred, where humanity was wanting to become God. And we've seen other scriptures that talk about that. Okay? So you got that. You got Nephilim. That's the same thing that was happening in Sodom and Gomorrah. Then angels went to visit. And the men were trying to have sex with them. And so they were trying to illustrate in that story a picture of wickedness that didn't have anything to do with homosexuality, but had everything to do with the fact that even an angel can come to this town and get raped. Oh, my gosh. You feel me? So okay, so then let me put another. Let me put, I'm gonna put another. I'm gonna put another layer on it, okay? Because uh, masturbation would have also been seen in that day and age to be extremely sinful, because it talks about never spilling your semen. Never. It says never spilling your semen on the ground. And the reason why it talks about spilling your semen on the ground is basically a euphemism to talk about not. I'm going to just be frank. That not busting a nut anywhere except for inside of a woman yeah. for the purpose of having an offspring. Right. Why was having an offspring so important? Because the promise from God to Abraham was to become the father of many nations. And Israel's whole existence was to become a great nation among others. How in the hell else do you become a great nation and become the father of many nations if you don't procreate? So it was connected to the promise of God to be able to have a son and a daughter, but preferably a son because of a patriarchal context. And if you are busting nuts anywhere outside of in a woman, you are wasting semen because in that day and age, it wasn't understood that men produced sperm so much, yeah. by the minute, yeah. by the second. Yeah. It was thought there was a limited amount, and I'm going to run out, so let me not waste well, it. Sometimes you can't run out if you're doing too much. You know what <laughs> <laughs> but give yourself a couple yeah. minutes and yeah, you'll be, you know. Yeah, yeah, maybe a day. Yeah. Maybe I like a day. how important it is. Like, you know, <laughs> Gary sits over there when we're talking and we're writing these topics down, and he's writing and he's jotting down these notes. And yeah. And he's like, so philosophical. And I'm like, <laughs> he's so big word. So I wrote a few notes of my own. <laughs> so basically, Noah's Ark was a flash flood. 
Come and on. Sodom and Gomorrah was a Vegas party. <laughs> now, how many saints have been caught in a flash flood with a bunch of animals floating around? They saving dogs all the time. And I know a lot of saints have been to Vegas. Oh, yes, Lord. So basically, it's happening right now. I mean, right. I don't know if there's angels that are coming down uh, the Nephilims. Is that what you call yeah, it? The, the offspring of that. We yeah. may not know. It's just like Supernatural. You, do you, anybody watch that? Or is it just me? <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, they got <laughs> angels down there. They ain't going to have wings, you know? Right, right. So, No, I think it was a great perspective. Um, I would just like to hear about what you do think from a biblical perspective. What, what, what should Christians think about homosexuality? I think Christians should think about homosexuality in, from this perspective, that this is a person who happens to be, and first of all, we need to understand Christianity, Islam, or just being just a human being, we have to understand how complex our nature as, human crea as, as part of creation is. You know, you guys were talking about, is it a choice? Is it genetic? It's both. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's, I agree. We got so much. Y'all understand that our, our makeup is so com complicated. I ain't going to see complex. It's complicated. You got genes that do whatever the hell they want to do. <laughs> you, got, you got, you know, different. I mean, so there's so much that can happen in the creation of a person. And depending on what person a person's options are, oftentimes dictates their choices. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes, like you were saying, there's somebody who cannot explain why they're attracted to somebody, but they might choose not to act on it and deny their own humanity for the rest of their lives and have all kinds of mental problems, or they might act on it and decide to be socially, you know, ostracized. It's interesting you say that if you act on it. I was in the Air Force for a long time. And you know the the law was don't ask, don't tell. Right. So you can be gay, but you cannot act upon it. Right. And if you were known to act upon it, they would discharge you. And, man, I've heard a speech once from a, a general. And once they kind of lifted that don't ask, don't tell, she was able to be, you know, out and open with her sexuality. And she said, I have literally been living a lie for 25 years. Mm -hmm. And I was like, how fair is that? Yeah. As a society, we put this binary view on something like you said that's complex where people can't even live like live, live being a, like live yeah. like let me live right and I know I think it's where we see our country going um, and I'll still be honest like I still have I think personally since I did get brought up in a in a very Christian environment and just personally I have I guess personal views from what I feel so it's like it's still a little bit uncomfortable for me right. But it, I think it's nice that they can live and 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 get the same human rights, yeah, right? right? Even whether you disagree with it or agree with it, yeah. like if you believe in our constitution, you believe in the freedom right. of choice. Yeah. Um, they get those same rights that we get right. as you know heterosexual. Um, so I think that's a great step, and I think there's a there's a long way to go. But I think if you know if if we say we're following you know Christ and, and Jesus and you know all of this this stuff, I mean. We have to understand, man, that that you know, Jesus was about liberation. He, he really was. About, was. Uh, he was about leveling the playing field and allowing, in that day and age, widows, allowing tax collectors, allowing the, the worst of society to be able to enjoy their humanity the same way that everybody else could, yeah. right? And, you know, I, I'm pretty sure that if Jesus was, was walking the earth today, one of his disciples would be gay. He wouldn't be a Not, virgin either. <laughs> <laughs> right. I he mean, left. He left her when he was thirty-three. He he got off easy. I'm just. 
I mean, I'm not going to sit up and here and talk about my guy. <laughs> my Jesus. But, but my point, my point, saying, man. My point is this, is that God God is concerned about how we live with with each other. So right. whether or not someone's gay because they chose to be yeah. or because they're made that way, it does not matter. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I can just picture Jesus saying, why, why are y'all debating about something that really doesn't matter? Yeah. At the end of the day... This person is part of creation. And he has the final say so. Yeah. Absolutely. So, hell, I can't decide who's going to. And I heard a preacher this past week. I was at a conference in Virginia that just, we were talking about this in this in this workshop about prophetic witness and servant leadership. And he was talking about it's, it's, it's a symptom of empire, that America functions as an empire, just like in the Roman, you know, Roman yeah. Empire, to oppress people, to dehumanize people in the same kinds of way. Yeah. He was like, man, at the end of the day, God, it, salvation, sex is not that important for salvation. God is not sitting up there upset about what somebody decides to do in their bedroom. You know, and like you said, Michelle, we put so much onus on homosexuality and all these other issues. And you got, I mean, let's not even talk about issues like insider trading that affect millions of poor people's lives. That's an abomination. Yeah. Right. But they want to talk about what, you know, somebody decides to act on their attraction that they can't control to the same sex. Now, I have another top, uh, I have another interviewer, Ricky from Dallas. He has something to say, and I want to hear Michelle's perspective on this one. And then um, I want you to use up all your good stuff. So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right. Yeah. I got it out. It's not something that I think you wake up and decide one day you want to be, in, like choosing a career-wise. Um, you would, being gay is just, Typically, I believe it's just something that's in your genes and you're just, we may be able to get an you're born with it, and if you're gay, you're gay, you're straight, you're straight. Nobody should say, you know, this or that is wrong. My dad told me that he always knew that I was gay, that I would put on my mom's shoes, and he didn't, like, he would tell my mom, and my mom would just... Um, justified saying that I would watch a lot of soap operas with her and that's what they wear so I would wear it and he just with the heels laughs about it now he would watch the soap with the heels on so which one would you want to do so out of these just two? something today it's something <laughs> that as far as you talking it's very um, weird I mean, in a certain kind of way, no. but well, I guess no. people yeah, do know. I, I mean if you ask me when I was little I well, yeah, I think that would be more interesting okay. There's different types of gays. We're not stereotyping them or anything. It is, bro. Um, you got you got you got bottoms, you got power bottoms, you got queens, you got bottoms, you got bears, you got guys. I've heard of verses. I've never heard of a power bottom. That's the one that brings the heat from the back, though. Like he's the one that's down, but he's bringing it back. He's giving from down position. He's throwing it back. Back it's kind of weird because most kids, you know, they saying, go, oh, you know, I like Superman, I Batman, and I have me, gay friends. I guess that wasn't too. like the thing. I, really, I, I, mean, I don't have gay friends. Um, I actually, but like I said, I don't think it's a choice that you make that you wake up one day when you're at, oh, at, in elementary or high school, middle school. Um, you don't just wake up and say, okay, I think I want to be gay. So with that being said. Being K is not a choice. It's pretty much something that you're born with it. I'm pretty sure it's in your genes. Ricky? It's yeah, Ricky. 
you know, passed down through generations. Maybe um, he's born with it, or maybe it's maybe somebody has to be gay. You found it. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's a mutation of a gene or something. Not saying that you know we're retarded because we're not. Uh, that's what I said was the mutation. You feel like you're retarded, right? That's like, that's that's even worse. Like, damn, this is a disability. Like, damn. It kind of. I honestly think I'm not going to share that on the radio. So. Um, Thanks, Ricky, for your input on that. And, I mean, it kind of ties into what, you know, what we've been saying. Um, it's so funny because, you know, you hear people talk about, I don't, oh, okay, I'm a, Empire. Have anybody been watching Empire? Yeah, yeah. Okay. great show. And you remember when the part where Lucius and his son and his son came out wearing the heels. And it's funny because I never wore my mom's heels. Me neither. Never put on a hat, never put on a scarf. And, you know, and, and that's how they, they portrayed that image. You did wear, you wore her scarf around your neck, waist, or head. I mean, and I wanted back. to be like, right? <laughs> Because, I mean, if you got... Well, I saw Prince put it on his head, okay. so I was like... You may get a pass. I, I mean, I wore scarves for my wave back in the day. Now, if you wear them... Kidding, on, okay, if you wear it on your waist, then it's like, are you playing Zora? <laughs> or were you just wearing it on your waist? Now, Don't you marginalize wore, me, bro. Or you wore it around your neck. to be an ascot. Ascot. There you go. I wanted to be Red Bomar. I wanted to be Red Bomar from Gone with the Wind. Okay. So that's a pass. So, Michelle, what do you think in reference to Ricky's little testimony there just hurt my heart because you could tell that he was speaking so passionately and emotionally about the situation. Um, so I said earlier, I'm a single mom. I have a little boy who's 11. And, you know, it's one of those things that you that you think about as a parent. You know, what if my son came home and told me that he was gay? My son's probably not, like, the super, like, masculine, you know what I'm saying, like, tough guy. Um, he just had a school dance, and so I found out that he's not gay, but, um, <laughs> but <laughs> that's another conversation, whole another conversation, but, um, you know, he, he brought up, uh, he was talking about, you know, being smaller and not really, you know, wanting to play with, like, the traditional boy toys, and I think that, this may be going off topic a little bit, but I think that we're so afraid of, of homosexuality that we, um, just are overbearing on our children sometimes True. and and we we give them a fear of something that they don't even understand what they're afraid of mm -hmm. so i heard a, a preacher talking one day and he was like you know my wife has a million shoes and they're all different colors and they sparkle and they shine so if my three-year-old son goes in there and wants to put on the red pumps does that mean that he's gay right. or does that mean that he sees something that's shiny, shiny yeah. that he wants to play with or if, you know, my son comes, you know, in my room, I have teddy bears and stuff in my room, and um, I don't really have dolls and stuff, but if he comes in there and he wants to play with something that looks feminine, is that then effeminate, or is he just being a child? Oh, yeah. And I think that we put, like, we, <laughs> children at five are not sexual yet. Right. You know, like, if a little, so let's, let's take this out of homosexuality and say that if a little five-year-old girl comes up to you and grabs your penis... Can I say penis while I'm, well, you can say it's done. It's done now. I mean, and are, are you saying like while we're like yeah, like she just like she just comes up and just like grabs your penis. I was playing with you. That yeah. little girl's manish. You're that's gonna you're say. gonna think something about you know what I'm little saying? Man, like you're gonna girl. automatically assume she's that she's been exposed track. to something. But what I'm saying is you're going to assume that that little girl has been exposed to something. You're right. not going to say, right. oh, she's just a straight little girl. Ain't nothing wrong. You're going to see, assume 
soon as she's been exposed to something. Why? Because five year olds should not be making sexual, you know, type. Exactly. They do what they see. Exactly. So, so why do we assume that if a little boy, you know, what I'm saying they were joking about the scarf, about Chris wearing his mom's scarf, but is that gay? I don't necessarily think that's gay. He's just trying to be stylish. Yeah, he just like the hat today. Yeah, he got on his leopard print hat. You know, I had to wear a leopard to be sexy for Valentine's Day. And sparkle shoes. Look at his shoes. He's sparkling. Michelle, you make you make so many good points with this because, like, you know, we, we have to also acknowledge the fact that, you know, from the time when you find out you're having a boy, there are certain colors, there are certain yeah. kinds of things that are, you know what I'm saying? We are shaped from early on, before we can remember, yeah. to think about things a certain way, you know, and so... Like like you like you said, an empire when when the little boy put on the shoes. He put him in the trash, didn't he? Yeah, he, he put the boy in the trash. He put that was the baby so, in so the trash. So so think about it this way: the courage That's that he bad. has as an adult to oh. still be true to who he is, yeah. versus probably the thousand other little boys that that happened to, and who was like, oh, this is bad. Like I'm not. This is not something that I'm supposed to do. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So. That's true. <clears throat> All right, so uh, we're gonna have to probably pick that one back up next week. I think I can. Uh, I kind of like that conversation. Uh, I think we can get back into that. I think it'd also be good to hear a lesbian's perspective. That's, what I, that's yeah. why I said I want to get back yeah. into it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, can you abstain from intercourse before marriage? And if so, have you had sex before? And is it easier when you've never done it opposed to having done it? Go on, Gary. You sliding that mic on me, right? <laughs> After that, we'll get, we'll, we'll get a we'll get, we got a couple of interviews, so we'll mm-hmm. jump into that in a little bit. I don't even know if I want to jump into it because it because we don't have that much time left. But you can. It's possible. Um, uh, my wife and I did. Oh wow. We abstained before. How long did y'all date? We dated for well. We dated. We were. Well, think about okay. Three I weeks. proposed basically. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting. I'm like, uh, I, pro- I proposed. After we have been friends for a little while. That's why I'm about to say you must have known her in high school. No, nah, no, oh, we met something. in college, and the, the attraction was there immediately. Yeah, mm. um, we dated officially, you know, for about six months. I proposed. We were engaged for almost a year. Mm. We did not have sex. Now, this is a whole another conversation that I won't get into. But if we could go back and do it again, this is me as the preacher and scholar. Oh Lord. We would we would do it differently probably. Um, so it is possible, but do I think that at the time I was pretty conservative and I thought God had a strong opinion about if we had sex or not before we got married. So we abstained because I thought that that would, you know, bless our relationship and God would, you know. And ultimately we ran into some early obstacles because of that. Now we're, we're good now, but at the same time, yeah, it didn't necessarily serve us the way I thought it would. And. So I think this might roll into the next topic, so I won't go too deep into this. But I do think that it's, you know, it's possible. You can do it. Um, I've been in relationships where we, where we were abstinent. Um, is it easier to abstain when you've, when you've never done it? I don't necessarily think so. One of my great friends, um, and, yeah, I won't say her name, but one of my great friends is a virgin, and she's in her late 20s. And she texts me all the time, like, look, look (laughs) it's about to go down you know so I don't necessarily I mean we're sexual beings you know what I'm saying just because you've never now she may not know like the ins and outs no pun intended no pun intended (laughs) (laughs) intended. you don't know the ins and outs (laughs) 
she gonna but that, run the but day. But that doesn't mean yeah. that that, that, that heat don't creep. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That don't mean that that heat don't creep. So I don't, sure. I don't necessarily think that the it's easier. That heat creeps, man. Oh no, Ooh. it's natural though. Like yeah. it's, it's supposed to creep. It's supposed like, to creep. And you can tell when a woman there because that heat do be like. Yeah. You in the car? It can be 30 degrees outside. We don't fall right up. No, I think this is a great question, man. And, I mean, there's so many ways you can attack the answer. Yeah. Um, I think taking it from a macro level, the whole sex thing, I think, once again, we live in a very sexual culture. Mm -hmm. If you think about 50 years ago, um, abstinence was the norm, I think, when, you, when it came to courting. So I think that's why, if you look at what we were talking about earlier, marriage culture was a lot more prevalent because if you have to wait to have sex, you're probably going to get married so you could have sex. If that's how you feel, right? Um, if not, then you do get into a uh, you build an appetite one that you mean you, if you've had sex at a young age, you're gonna want to continue to get that. Right. Uh, when you do get in relationships, um, uh, can it happen? I mean, I believe so. I had a really good friend of mine. He had gotten with somebody, and she required him to be abstinent. He was so deeply in love with this girl, but. Uh, but I mean, it, it changed the guy. Right. It changed the right. the person he was, and not necessarily for the better. Right. And just because you're not having sex doesn't mean you're not doing other things that might be uh, questionable. I right. guess if you're coming from a religious reason why you're not doing it. Right. Because um, like you said, we're sexual beings. I mean, I, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Back in the day, people were goosing, and you know that could be looked at as uh, a. <laughs> that's a. Uh, you know, the dry, dry home. Oh. Uh, <laughs> what I'm yeah. just saying. What is, what is goosing? That's what, they, that's what we that's call what it down in San Antonio. We call it goosing. Yeah. Yeah. to eat a rock. <laughs> we used to go goose. Goose? Yeah, goose. The goose, though, the, it was all about the pelvis. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. 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 Like, how hard can you Yeah, they said what's good for the goose is always good for the gander. Like Cole Brown said, she about to get the goober. I didn't know. That's no, but you didn't hear about goosing? I never heard about goosing. Well, no. well, past a certain age, it's just not cool. Yeah, it's not. You're, it's you're, you're building a lot of static electricity. You're shocking yourself. It's yeah. just not so cool. Yeah. Yeah. But, but either way, like, you get into these other, I think, expressions of your sexuality that are right. just as, I mean, they're just as sinful right. because it comes from a lustful spirit at the end of the day. Yeah. I mean, I, I think even with the masturbation thing, it's all about like you, you, you connect that with the lust sin and it's, mm -hmm. it's and like with, I mean and with you saying that masturbation part, I mean that's true too. So like, okay, we're talking about holding off into marriage. I mean and I don't I didn't like get like like you said, the macro level of it, but no masturbation either. You can go that full time without either of the I'm not, Oh, come on. It's not gonna happen. But that's and but I, that's I mean, the logic of yeah, what the way people try to say conservative, you know, people of faith try to say that you're not supposed to do this. You're not supposed to do any of that. Mm -hmm. And that's the most body humanity denying I mean it's it's silly. It's, it's silly because we're created as sexual beings, like you said, and you know, mm -hmm. we do come from a culture that was founded with Victorian principles, which meant, you know, you privileged chastity. Yeah. And we've come so far from that, but there's still a stronghold on the fact that if two people who are consenting, who understand the vulnerability that comes with sex, mm -hmm. and they know what they're getting themselves into, th then it can be a beautiful thing to share that with each other. Yeah. You know, before marriage. So let's 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 get some other people's opinions on this one. This one is uh, Stephanie from Arlington. So we'll see what she had to say in reference to it. 
Of course, you can abstain from sex before marriage. Sex can wait and masturbate. That used to be my sex can wait and masturbate. It's something about a woman being on that. Once you had it, I mean, it's hard to. I mean, I didn't. I didn't. I mean, I lost my virginity at twenty. I want to know. I was seventeen. I was surprised that I lasted that long, but it was more out of fear too. I was like, I don't want to get a disease, and I don't want to get anybody pregnant. What happened? She's saying something good. And I are kind of like on the same level. Oh, she likes that. Styles of sex and, you know, things that you enjoy doing during sex. Um, I don't want to marry someone and they don't fulfill me sexually. I don't want to wander or to become bored. Um, so, of course, you got to test out the wheels first. Um, and at that point, you guys can kind of learn each other. So when you get to the marriage, you already know. Um, and from there, you can just continue to learn new things together. Um, I want to be able to continue to learn things. I don't want to be learning you at that point. And it's kind of like, I'm already married. I don't want to, you know... I don't want to stray, but I think it's easier to test the waters first than to just be unhappy later on. This song make you want to have sex. I never heard it, but I'm about to. You have? What the hell have you been doing? I haven't either. You gotta get this nigga. I haven't Oh, you have? What song is this? This is uh, Kate by Trey Song. Trey Song is good for a couple hits on these. A couple? You might have two. And you'd be like, Kate, I'm hungry. <laughs> Whose birthday is it? Because I want some cake. And next we have up um, Junior Hannah Barnett with the softball team here at UTA with her perspective. What's up, the reality is this is Hannah Barnett, so excited to be a part of the show today. Before I go into my comments about the topic of sex before marriage and what I think on that topic, I just want to preface that I am a Christian. Jesus is the Lord and Savior of my life, and my purpose on this earth is to know Him and make Him known. So before I go into my thoughts, I do want to really emphasize that my viewpoints on this are coming from what I believe God is intended sex to be. So going into that topic of can you wait to have sex until you were married, and I believe that we were made to. I believe that God created us and made us in His image, and we were made to crave the things that God desires, and He desires for sex to be between a man and a woman in the covenant of marriage. I am a virgin. I am 21 years old, about to be 22. And it is possible, guys, out there, for guys and girls. I know a lot of people. It's so much easier for girls to be virgins because they're more emotional and not as physical. And guys are more physical. But let me just tell you guys, I have a lot of guy friends who are very good with girls, very handsome, 
athletes, you know, that typical macho guy, and they're saving themselves from marriage as well because they believe that God has a bigger and better plan for their life and that he has intended sex to be powerful in the covenant of marriage. And so it is the same for guys and girls. It all comes down for me to what type of situations you put yourself in, the relationships that are surrounding you, and boundaries. And those are the three things that I really want to pinpoint on. Going to relationships. I have accountability partners is what I call them. I expect to have them here from Roseville. So when I go back home, I also have a core group of friends who keep me accountable as well. And so I think that's such a huge, important part because God also made us to be in community and for that community to really lift us up and to encourage the things of God. And so I meet with a mentor as well um, once a week on Monday nights. Her name is Gina Pierce, so shout out to Gina Pierce. Um, and we just really sit down and talk about things gotta, that are going on in my life and just really encourage you. So if, 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 if it takes a village to raise a child... You know what situations have you been making yourself keep that you from you, Is this relationship building Shit. you up towards the Lord or is it bringing you down? Are you acting in a way that is honoring God? And so she really does ask me those tough questions. And then with two girls who I'm always in constant communication with, shout out to Bree and Ariel. And we are always texting, always talking, hanging out, and just really encouraging each other because... Just like anyone else, even though, yes, I'm a Christian and I am a virgin, I struggle with sexual temptation. I've been there. I, ex I have experienced, man, I really want to act like this, and I know my flesh wants to act like this, but God, will you help me to be above my flesh and act in a way that pleases you? And so in those times where I have those lustful desires, those sexual desires, texting them, being like, hey, guys, really struggling. Can you lift me up? Can you encourage me? Can you just pray for me real quick? Because Satan's wanting words. to really bring me down right now, and I just need the Lord to just shine through and level me in this moment. And God prevails always. identify because that is what I lived you know what I'm saying like I I did everything by the book as, as, as they say um, and you know as a student of scripture as a student of theology um, it's a little more complicated than that you know she talked about you know that, that basically this battle between God and Satan you know without acknowledging the fact that the idea of Satan is a construction that you see evolved within scripture um, she talked about, you know, that, that God is God has strong opinions, and it's God's ideal that we would wait. And um, but that's also an ideal that was constructed in the founding of this country. It's not just biblical. There's so much more. You know, this whole dominant interpretation of, of scripture and, and of Christianity and religion is so shaped by not just the Constitution, but that's one of it. But the people who settled this 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 land, I mean, and, you know, well, no, not the people who said, the people who stole this land yeah, and then rebuilt it in, right. in their own image, yeah. um, 
you know, it, 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 it's it's so much more complicated than that. And there's different ways of reading scripture. You can you can reread fornication. You can reread all of that stuff. Understand it contextually and recognize that there were people getting it on in scripture before marriage, and there was no sense that they were condemned in any kind of way. There was no sense that they had even sinned in any kind of way. But you have to understand that even the stuff that Paul was preaching in, in his writings was addressed to specific people with specific concerns, and Paul was Jewish, and there was a certain way that they did things. So, you know, I, I respectfully appreciate the contributions, and I respect everybody's belief system. I, I disagree. You know, I think, I think it's much more complicated than that, and we can start out and we can do ourselves a, a, a better service by acknowledging that first and foremost. Uh, I also want to add that you said something earlier, Gary, about understanding the vulnerability that sex causes. So I don't necessarily agree that everyone who's abstinent is doing it simply because they're scared God is going to, you know, yeah. shoot them down with a lightning bolt. I think that they understand the complexity of emotions that sex can cause when you decide to, you know, have intercourse with a person. Right. And so... Um, and, and I'm just saying this on, you know, one of my, my last long-term relationships was with a guy who was a virgin, right. you know what I'm saying? And his whole mentality behind it was, I don't want to enter into that type of bond with a woman that I don't know is going to be long-term. Right. I don't want to subject myself or even her to that level of vulnerability. I want to, and I want her to always know that I that I honor her above that. Right. And so for him, it was more, he was a Christian and, and he had, so that, that there was a foundation right. of his convictions there, but the thing that sustained it was more so his character as a person, right. you know, and right. his convictions as a person that he saw his peers and he saw just kind of the complexities that sex caused yeah, while he true. was in college and while he was in grad school, um, you know, and he was just like, it's just, at that right now, it's not worth it. Yeah, I'm gonna try that tonight. And I respect I respect that so much because, <laughs> but it, you know, he acknowledges the fact that all of the stuff that comes with sex. Absolutely. Yeah, you definitely, you know. And so I do understand why people feel that they they should wait, mm -hmm. but feeling like you have to because you don't want to sin See, or yeah. something like that. Yeah. That comes out of an idea of sex that it it's comes out of a demonized vision of sex. And you're probably sinning in a whole another way, you know. We, and I, I mean, and if I'm a sin, if I had to choose between cussing and having sex, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. easy choice. Yeah. So I I appreciate you raising that up because I do think in certain situations where a relationship is not you know mature yet or ready for mm -hmm. that absolutely you should wait mm -hmm. but if i'm waiting because i feel that god is upset with me or if i feel like that i've sinned and that i'm displeasing you know my creator then when i do slip up oh how, how horrible do i feel about myself right. for doing something that might not always be sinful yeah. you know um saying? i think um this is such an interesting topic to me the whole abstinence conversation I think ideally, would it be just incredible if it was just me and another woman, and we're the only per person that we slept together with, and we, you know, we built a family, and yeah, that would be so ideally great. But I think, I just don't think it's, and this is probably bad to say, but I just don't think, it, at least not for me, it's not realistic, especially not anymore. Um, so what do you do, right? Do you become a born-again virgin? Um, do you try to practice abstinence? Uh, one of my old models growing up was sex, sex can wait, masturbate. But then you can't even do that. <laughs> you just had to get that way, man. That's one of my you favorites, man. I, look, I, was, I, I stayed all through high school. I was a very prudish um, 
uh, when it came to acting upon my desires, but that was more just because I was, you know, so, very scared of girls. So but you waited till high school. I, I'm about to, get, I'm about to get myself up. So, I, you know, penetration. <laughs> most people say that's sex. It's one of the best words of all time. So, one of the best words of all time. You can't even be talking about something not even there. dealing with sex. You but if you hear penetration, penetration, you're like, what is he talking about? So, I mean, if you got oral sex, before, I mean, does that say you had sex too? I mean, it's it's sinful. Well, I mean, if we're talking about if we're talking about sex is sinful. But what I'm saying, if we're talking about it from the traditional Christian's perspective, that's sinful. For one, you're lusting. So what I mean, I'm saying though, like, so if you got, you know, number one is you know what, you know, first base, second base, third base, home plate is whatever. So I was, I mean, I was on third base a lot in between twelve to twenty. So I was, I lost my virginity at twelve. Well, I mean, I think you lost your virginity you when you actually penetrated a woman okay, at so 20. I'm still good at, okay, but see, that's just the thing. It don't make some sense. People, yeah, some, people, some, some people be like, well, you know, I, you think, a I think your first right. sexual experience... Personally, make sure. Make, I, Sorry, because because I think that I think that we think about virginity nasty, in such in like a very narrow way, <laughs> exactly. and we think about sexuality in such a narrow way. Yeah. Some people just say when you you know when you let loose, then you you're not <laughs> right. Whatever. So you yeah. could even have sex, but then not Man, finish, that and so you ain't. Bad. And, and then even on the opposite side, there's what a lot of virgins who are not prude and who are not um, <laughs> as we would define it as pure, I yeah, guess, because right. they're. You know what I'm saying? They're doing everything else except Everything for, else. Except but they do some stuff worse than what you do. And you do have... I've known some people that did worse. So, so, but so this, is, this is going to get to a race thing. Now, I tell people all the time, like, one thing I've learned, and especially with white chicks, man, is I feel like it's almost like as if their mothers teach them to, to use their lips mm-hmm. before, yeah. they use before they use the their other body. lips. <laughs> lips number one before lips number two. And that's so, why it's like they be, you know... I mean, yeah, I'm just saying, bro. That's the truth, though. And that's why by the time they like 22, they like pros. It's like the all Madden team. Oh, man. So you think, oh, so you man. think somebody's mama was sitting up with them? I mean, I'm not saying they're sitting up with them. At but 14, I, but like, I'm just, baby. I'm just telling you, I've had a lot of conversations with, with white chicks that I'm cool with. And, I mean, I know a lot of them learned the game early because... It, it, it kept away from, like, having to go... Because a lot of people talk about abortions and stuff, and this is a whole other topic. You know, with black people, a lot of times, and Hispanics, you know, we keep the kid. Mm-hmm. People don't be normal. White folks be having a lot of abortions to prevent, you know, a, a, a lack of uh, a style of a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They want to make sure their kids flirt, and I get all that. But like I said, that's another topic, but I'm just I'm a, saying. I, and I'm going I'm to piggyback on what you said, and I'm going to look at it from a different perspective where I don't think it's necessarily... Because it kind of... You know, I know I, I've heard that narrative too. Like the you know, white girls are more freaky than black girls. I think black women have so much social pressure, and this gets into race also, yeah. to not be overly sexualized because we black men and women have been overly sexualized in dominant culture. Yeah, yeah they, we've been beasts, sexual beasts, and black women have either been hoes or asexual. And you can rape them, and they like it. Exactly. Yeah. They're already always ready for sex. So I can understand growing up as a young black woman um, not wanting to talk about sex publicly, not wanting to do certain things because hell, I'm not gonna be I'm not gonna be the one that's called a hoe or something yeah. like that. You know, there's not that kind of pressure when it comes to to girls who are, who don't share that experience. I, I was gonna say I read an article that said uh, sexual harassment is the black woman's bar mitzvah. Yeah, that's crazy. So oh, you know that you've goodness. stepped into womanhood when you walk down the street. And somebody completely just, right. you know, disrespects you. 
Um, and that's and that's our world. Yeah. So what Gary says is very true. You have to. It's it's almost like the view of black men being aggressive. Right. You know. So now black men feel like they have to. Christian said once that he tries to be as unassuming and. <laughs> <laughs> I call it. I call it non-threatening. Non-threatening. <laughs> and he gave as out that starting kid last week. You know what I'm saying? But but the fact that he feels like he has to do that is right. because he's combating against a stereotype that says that because he's a big black man, yeah. automatically he's aggressive. And it's the same yeah. thing with black women. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's so many times, I can't tell you how many times where I've put on something and, you know, have been accused of being overly sexual. Look, I can't help but that look like this. You can't okay? you got One of my very good friends <laughs> made a comment about just body types, and he said women with larger backsides have a hard time being professional. He said, at some point, you could have too big of a butt, and it's Chuck unprofessional. It's true. My friend Chuck said this, yeah. and I said, you know Chuck what? Stuff. I mean, that's not what, fair, but... There's nothing that you can wear. Everything looks nothing, immodest when, right, you, when you're curvy. Right. I mean, Lord, it does. And it's hard to focus at work sometimes. Right. So, um, we're going to jump yeah, into some music, yeah. and we're going to get right back. And what we got coming up is, why is it okay for some men and women to be side chicks. And I mean, society seems to be accepting this um, for whatever reason. And we also have a sexy voice competition. I mean, it is Valentine's Day, so we do have to, you know, some people may look at this as, oh, you know, women doing sexy voices, that's whatever the word, Gary probably knows the word for whatever that is. My Salacious. Okay, whatever, okay, whatever that means. So, we have some topics coming up. You know, we're still here. We're here for about another 20 minutes, so if you know somebody who's not listening, tell them. And if they want to listen, they can go to, to the Reality Is, that's T-H-A, realityis.com, or listen at UTA Radio on the iHeart. You can just download the iHeart app on your phone. Put in U-T-A-R and U-T-A Radio. Come up and listen to us. And we're here every Saturday throughout the spring from 12 to 2 p.m. And again, Miss Michelle, I want to thank you very much so for coming in and giving your perspective. And this next song is for you and all the other black women out there. All right now. Oh, D'Angelo, man, I could listen to that all day long. Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. So, we're running out of time, but we want to address a few things before we get out of here. And one topic I really wanted to address is why is it okay for some men and women to be side chicks? And why is it seem, seems like it's okay with society for this to be going on? I mean, that's girl, like having a girlfriend and having multiple girls and girl, you know, the other girls on the side know about it. And, I mean, they got memes and everything. <laughs> Where I think it was one meme where it was like, when, like, I think the two people were landing, the guy and the girl were landing in the bed, and the, the side chick took a picture while he was asleep of both of them. And it said, like, he don't know that I'm, you know, something about he don't know that I'm taking this picture and posting it on Instagram. And it's like, people are, like, glorifying side chicks. And I think it, it I mean, it's big on reality TV. It's big on television. Like, I mean, a lot of girls are just okay with being a side chick. So, I'm, I'm going to speak on this from a few different points of view. Right. First, from the chick who's taking the picture, right, in the bed taking the picture. As women, we're, we're taught, like, this competitive mind, mindset, right? So, the woman who's taking that picture, she's basically saying, you know, oh, you think you know who your man is, but I'm about to show you who he really is. And it's not necessarily glorifying the fact that she's the side chick. It's glorifying her winning. She feels like she's winning in that instance. And so... I think that that's more of a, it speaks more to that competitive mindset that women seem to, let me not say women, that some women have against one another that, you know, 
that glorifies that. When I think of side chicks, I think of y'all seen that meme with the little Asian baby with the Louis Vuitton verse with the, a person, a big pamphlet. Yeah. And she's like, first of all, mm-hmm. like, that's what I think of when I think <laughs> I of side, side chicks. Yeah. So here's the thing. In the history of human... Uh, I was thinking negatives. <laughs> in the history of the world, <laughs> right, <laughs> men have had multiple women. Like, if you think about biblically, right, some of the greatest men in the Old Testament, at least, the Davids, the Solomons, the wisest man to ever live, I mean, he had more women that, than you could, I mean, you could count. That's because we were devalued. Yeah. But here's yeah. the thing. Let's yeah. hear, hear what I'm getting at. They, they had cattle. The, well, here in the whole history of the world, even up to like 50-some years ago, maybe even 30, uh, it was kind of like the norm, I would say. It's not until like since maybe the female revolution or the feminist uh, movement that I think it started to become socially more unacceptable. I mean, think about our presidents of this United States that have had infidelity issues before Bill Clinton. Like, I mean, Eisenhower, uh, Kennedy, I mean, all of them. They had infidelity. I mean, Martin Luther King had infidelity, infidelity issues. So in the whole history, like great men and just whatever men have had these issues and I don't know, I, I'm not so sure now you're, it's just okay. I, I don't think any woman feels like, oh, yeah, I'm a side chick. This is awesome. I'm really happy Man, about it. Man, I, I think it, it I, is. I, bro, I, th- I think a lot of it is their insecurity, and, you know, and they have self-esteem issues. And I don't, think, I don't think they're very happy on the inside. They might put that out on the outside, but I don't think you can be happy. Like, if I had a female and I knew she was messing with another male, I would not. I mean, there's just nothing about that that would make me happy. Yeah. But, uh, but I, I think it depends on what you want in that relationship, though, too. Yeah. So if you're with a woman, Chris, you're going to want to be with that woman. But if all she wants from that man is a little bit of attention, a little bit of sex, and some money and every cool. now and then, that she's getting what she she's wants. What she so wants. I think exactly. it depends on what yeah. she wants. That's why I feel so. Yeah. Okay and it's the same vice versa. Well, when you men. have dudes who are the side guy, which and they know it, side so, dude. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it's it's, it's because he wants, you know, he wants to have the benefits of a relationship without the responsibility of one. So I think it depends what you want. I think y'all y'all make a great point. Actually, I wasn't even thinking about it from that perspective. But yeah, I'm I'm not sure I agree that it's it's glorified. I I think some people do, Mm -hmm. and I think you know, especially younger younger generation and and like you like reality TV and all that. But um, like you were saying, and, and like you alluded to, Michelle, I think. The, even the conversation about side chick comes out of the fact that women, that it, that this was happening, but people are starting to expose it now. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, dudes getting caught up for having side chicks. Side, it's been something that's been happening, like you said, since, since yeah. you know, you know, since biblical Cavemen. times. Yeah. Right. Having, you know, more than one woman. But now it's like, no, this is not okay. So I'm getting ready to put this on Instagram and put you on blast. And, mm-hmm. of course, you have some, like you were saying, that, you know, you got dudes that are okay with being side dudes, and, and you know. And the guys that are out there picking these side chicks, man, if you're going to choose one, choose one that got something to lose, man. Don't go get one that don't have more than you. Because if you don't choose one that has something to lose, man, then you will be the one that's going to lose everything. You're going to be on media takeout. <laughs> so you don't want that to happen. But that was a good one, man. We're going to jump into the sexy voice competition and what I want you guys to do. I think everybody has a pen or piece of paper. And uh, what we want to do is we're going to just play five voices straight. And these were um, accumulated from me and Gary and and, uh, Christian. So 
you know, if you guys want to, you know, vote in, you can hit us up on the reality is with your comments in reference to which contestant had the better voice. You can uh, tweet us. Where can they find you on Twitter, Gary? They can find me at RevGreen2 on Twitter and on Instagram. And what about you, Christian? Um, Chris Zero. I don't even know. Man. I don't use Twitter, bro. Uh, CM underscore Evans, I think it is. On Instagram, yeah. Chris08AF on Twitter. I had to get somebody to let me. I don't use it. So. <laughs> yeah, Artesia just told him that's our um, technical producer. And uh, Michelle, where can they uh, reach you at? Uh, I don't have a Twitter account. Well, I do, but it's a professional one. But um, All right, Charles. you can find my. <laughs> <laughs> Charles got a picture of like every other month. <laughs> That's what I told him. He got a picture of every other month with a fresh haircut, yeah. a low beard, a headshot. A headshot. I'm like, right. did you go in and have like eight suits? And, like, say, hey, just get me. I'm gonna change it up for the year. Of yeah, you remember glamour shots in the in the mall? That's <laughs> yeah. where he. That's where he be. Oh, he be in there getting them. <laughs> so we're gonna hit you off. We're gonna go ahead and get started, and uh, you guys let us know, and we will um, figure out which ones we like the best after this. Carolyn and I'm 26. I work for a law firm and I am from Dallas, Texas. Hi, my name is Denise Wilson. I'm 27 years old and I work for a marketing firm. I am from Houston, Texas. Mm. Hello. <laughs> I'm Luke Hazel. I'm 28 years old. Oh. I work in the uh. business field. <laughs> My sexy voice doesn't have nothing like that. My lord. <laughs> hey, this Hi, is Kira. I'm 29 years old. From Dallas, Texas, and you're listening to my voice on TheRealityIs.com. What was her name? Kara. Hey, my name is Simone. I'm 27, and I'm a graduate student from Columbus, Ohio. Hola, mi nombre es Dulce, y tengo 30 años. Ahorita estoy estudiando leyes, y soy de Houston, Texas. Besitos. I need Rosetta Stone for that last one. Ay, 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 Maybe we can do it. Yes, maybe we can do it. Look, yeah. I, I need you three to look. We need to add you three. Okay. All right. All right. Let's all go. Right, go. Right, go. Go. Give me the script. It's on there. I need some tea. What's up, ladies? This is Gary. I'm 29 years old, from San Antonio, Texas, and I work in whatever field you need me to be in. Oh, See, man. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, 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 o
29 years old. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> get it together. And I work in financial services. <laughs> I'm just going to go real street with mine. <clears throat> this is Rob Pogue, and I am a 32 year old entrepreneur, and I have dreads. <laughs> See, that ain't even right, bro. <laughs> that ain't even right. That's all that needs to be said, bro. Everybody oh, ain't able, man. man. Dreads is all game. Everybody man. ain't able. Everybody man. coming in this thing. <laughs> Everybody. Oh, so, man, I picked, um, for my, I mean, for one, number one, um, what was number one's name? Tara. Tara. Tara, Tara, Tara I like that one. Um, mm -hmm. Number Denise two, sound, Denise sound like she was caught in the middle of something. Yeah, no, that's what I'm gonna say. Now, I, look what I got a name on there. Number two is Cream Pie. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's, that's what I thought. <laughs> so that's what I came up with when I heard uh, oh, man. You know, Denise's horrible. voice. And I, I told Gary when we were listening to uh, to these before, you know, we put them out here. She she licked her lips right before she yeah, started. Yeah, like she you said, it, it, sound was like something, she it seemed like something was already in something action. Something was about to pop off. Yeah, something was in action before it you know, got to going. Who was number three? Hazel? Mm -hmm. I liked Hazel. A um, little congested. Maybe the weather. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know, in this Texas, so it's like 35 degrees, and then, you know, Texas like to hit you with that 80. So, you know, you know, a little, what's that, the vitamin C thing you could pop real quick? Emergency. Emergency. Got to get that. I think, I like Kara. Kara was real smooth. She was very professional. She was very professional. I like that. What was number five? Simone. Simone. I think that might have been my favorite. I'm going to be honest with you, I forgot it, so it doesn't matter. Who was uh, six was um, Dulce. Dulce. Man, I, I got her on here as Mexicano. <laughs> yes, please. Muy bien, muy bien, muy bien, and mucho gusto. Mucho gusto. It might be, it might be hard to pick just one, man. Yeah, it is. I got two, but I gotta go with number four and number six. I'm gonna go with, I'm gonna go with three and five. Hazel and Simone. Hazel and Simone. Yeah. I'm gonna go with Denise and Simone. Denise. Denise. The cream pie? And yeah. which one did you cream pick? Pie. Cream pie. I like Terilyn. I thought she was cool. Like Terilyn? Yeah, I thought she sounded <coughs> How about from the guys? <laughs> yeah, you gotta give us one of us. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to have to go with Gary on that one. All right now. Oh, All right that's now. Good. That's because, see, Gary, he, he, he sat there and he thought about it and he caught us off guard. So yeah, we was thinking we was just about to be like, yeah, this is Anthony. And I'm 30 years old. And, and you don't like whatever. And then he going to throw it in hometown? Yeah. <laughs> so, but uh, that's all we have today, man. We appreciate you guys for listening in. Um, Michelle, we appreciate you for coming out. Thanks for having me. Um, we appreciate you for doing the technical uh, side of it, uh, sending out the tweets and everything for the reality is. Uh, Gary and Christian, I pretty much talk to these guys every day throughout the week, and I appreciate you guys for helping me with this show. Thanks for having yeah, us, man. Having Next Valentine's week will yeah. be better, man. Happy Valentine's Day. We do um, apologize about the technicalities that we had, but we had a request while we were doing this, and uh, Miss Evans, this one goes out to you, Stevie Wonder. My Shari Amor. We'll see you guys next week. That was a good one, bro. I just hate that it. I, I hope, I'm hoping it'll turn out because I hate that it didn't record.
Today on News 4 at 4, we're working for you. An inside look at the local COVID vaccine trial for kids. What children reported days after getting the shot and how it could impact the timeline of kids being vaccinated. Today at 4 p.m. on NBC4. Tonight, it's the Voice Live Rounds and Nick Jonas wants his first win. Let's get this done. Who's got what it takes and whose dream ends here? Watch live and vote to save your faves. The Voice Live Rounds, tonight on NBC. Today on News 4 at 4, we're working for you. An inside look at the local COVID vaccine trial for kids. What children reported days after getting the shot and how it could impact the timeline of kids being vaccinated. Today at 4 p.m. on NBC4. Tonight, it's the Voice Live Rounds and Nick Jonas wants his first win. Let's get this done. Who's got what it takes and whose dream ends here? Watch live and vote to save your faves. The Voice Live Rounds, tonight on NBC.